three, two, one. What time is it? It is Zulu time. Episode number four. It is Zulu time. Episode number four. The unexpected things that are making you sick. So what are the unexpected things that are making you sick? YouTubers, how are you all doing out there? Facebook, Ubers, uh, new word that I invented. How are you all doing there? I hope everybody is doing outstanding. And so what is this all about, right? What is it that is making us sick that is unexpected? Um, when you begin to look into health a lot, you have to, um, I always try to understand like, uh, you know, why are some people trying to watch what they eat? Why are some people trying to watch like what ingredients are in their food? Um, and why, you know, why all of these things? And so, um, it, it, to give you a little bit of backstory, you know, I grew up in, and, and when, when I was growing up, um, and we ate, I would say that, yeah, a lot of processed food, probably, uh, mostly uh, bought from the store, but uh, we had a little tienda across the, you know, around the corner, and I used to always go get the stuff there. So we did have a lot of legumes and a lot of food that is real food. Um, as I grew in medical school, medical school um, and in college, probably, my diet wasn't <laughs> It was pretty bad, actually. In medical school, it was pretty bad. It was like cheese sticks and uh, Red Bull, you know, just horrible. Just again and again, like that's what I, I would leave off of that, right? And so, and you know, I mean, I knew it wasn't healthy, but I didn't know why. I didn't just kind of know and it was easy. So I did it, you know, so you just eat it, right? And so as I started to, um, as I started to understand that there is so much more to health, and if I wanted, really wanted to help my patients, I need to really look into this, right? Um, I need to definitely look into it and see how um, everything that we get put on, and what you know, in terms of creams and shampoos and um, and anything, anything, anything that we eat is made through a process, and if those processes have chemicals in them then it can really affect our health in a really negative way. Um, so my desire was really to get a handle on this and understand what was going on. And so the first thing that I started, the first time that I started, um, the, the struggle is that I didn't know anything. In medical school, we don't get really taught environmental medicine that much. And so um, we didn't, yeah, we don't really get it taught in environmental medicine. So, uh, hey, Michelle, what's happening? And so we, we, we don't know anything about, like, what are, what are we being exposed to, um, what is in the foods, what type of pesticides are used. And so as a lot of doctors, you know, we don't know because we didn't get trained on it. And so I think that was the first obstacle because I, I couldn't really tell my patients, like, oh, yeah, that brand is bad. This brand is good. This supplement is good. Like, I didn't know myself. Um, and then internally, uh, I, you know, I was thinking more like you're just used to eating certain things. So you don't want to really change a lot of things. You don't want to change what you eat. You don't want to, I, I, I didn't want to change anything. So that started a whole process of being, uh, you know, kind of hitting in the, in, in the wall and being able to like, okay, I need to learn for my patients, uh, and for myself, what's in all of this stuff. And so, um, I think that kind of opened up an opportunity, right? An opportunity that if I could learn this, then I could really help my patients like protect themselves from 
um, different toxins and protect themselves from environmental hazards and uh, just protect themselves, period, you know? And so I think when I realized that I didn't know anything about this subject, that's when I really started looking into uh, anything that would help me understand that. And I think when I started having like a lot of insights about it was when I enrolled, uh, this is after medical school, after uh, residency training, after college. So this is years like into practice already. And then, um, so I decided to do a course, me and Mary decided to do a course on integrative, med- uh, integrative nutrition. Um, because, you know, I was finding myself going from diet to diet, right? Like, uh, going into the ketogenic diet and learning about that, going into the vegan diet and learning about that and going into, uh, this diet, that diet and the other. And it was cool process, but it made me realize like, wow, like how do I help patients now? How do I really help patients now? So when I went into the integrative, uh, Institute of Nutrition, um, IIN, which is awesome. I would recommend it if you're into nutrition at all. Like, you know, I'm not getting any paid for answering, for, you know, saying it here, but it's just an awesome program that is very thorough and it takes you through what integrated nutrition is, right? And so, which is awesome. It was great for me because that's what really taught me uh, everything about nutrition. It taught me um, so many different things and that's when I heard about environmental toxins, and I never heard about this before. But then they went into, for instance, I'll break it down. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, we looked at these, I was looking at this product that we have, right? And it's called fragrance. Fragrance. Look back right now. Go back to your pantry or go under the sink and pick out something, right? Most of the times in this country, you're going to look at something and it's going to say fragrance, right? Can you tell me right now, unless you're like a geek about environmental medicine, what is fragrance? Can you tell me that right now? I couldn't. And so when patients ask me like, hey, is this safe? Like, I have no idea, right? So I have to go learn about this, right? And I, then I start looking into it and I realize and I see that actually the word fragrance is illegal in many countries, because you don't know what the hell is in it. And so then I was like, wow, it's not illegal here. That's kind of not cool. And so then I have to dig deeper and deeper and say, okay, so what is the word fragrance in the back of a shampoo, in the back of a soap, in the back of whatever? And then I started looking into it. And so there were some studies that were done and it showed that about like, a big percentage of it, I, don't, I can't remember the, the number exactly, but a big percentage of it were actually met, uh, petrochemicals, right? And benzene, um, uh, when they studied them, uh, it was benzene-derived uh, products, sometimes for smell, sometimes for other things. And they put uh, fragrance because it just sounds like it's something good, Right. But then when you look at it, most of these petrochemicals have actually been linked to cancer. So then I'm like, holy crap, like this is insane, you know, because there is so many things in our house that has fragrance, that has that word fragrance. So 
So then it just led me to like, you know, part of you when you read this, you're like, oh my God, like I don't want to buy anything. Like you kind of just want to lock yourself and, and, and like not like protect yourself from all of this. But, you know, of course you can't because it's, it's all around. It's so, so many of these environmental toxins are all around us. So, um, but it did make me realize that the problem is definitely bigger than what I think it is or that what I knew it to be because I couldn't really find and, and then when I looked into the websites of these products, like you couldn't really find exactly what they put in it. So you literally don't know, right? And in other countries, it's illegal to put fragrance. And so, and so when you break it down, it's actually most, a lot of these chemicals that are under that fragrance category are actually petrochemicals and they're actually being associated and increases rate of all types of cancer, all types of cancer. So I don't want to scare you or anything, but if you look in your closet or in the pantry or in the cleaning supply, you're going to see that so many of our products have this thing on it, right? Unless you're conscious about this whole thing and environmental medicine and everything. And so just think about that uh, and, and, and see what you want to do about it. If you don't care, that's okay too. It's just that at least that you know that there is something there and that if you want to improve your health or the Increase the chance or decrease the probability of something that you've been putting in your body that is toxic, then you definitely want to look into this. It is mind blowing, right? And so, of course, I, ha I have this insight. And then the first, I'm like, okay, you know, after this, I'm going to be like clean, like completely clean. I'm going to get all this shit out of my house. I'm going to like stop uh, exposing my kids and my family to this. And, um, just just like and tell all my patients and everything and then you realize like oh my god like it's in everything right like fragrance is in everything and that's just one of the uh, ingredients that and I, and I just bring that because it was an example that came to my mind right now but it really makes you think hard right it made me think hard about how to come to terms with this because part of you is like holy crap like it's all around me right so how do I get it out and how do I decrease the chances of me and putting something in my, my family that's going to harm them. Um, so I think I definitely stopped buying stopped a, lot of, a lot of chemicals, a lot of products, shampoos, uh, uh, these sort of things that contain these uh, ingredients, right? I started realizing that the simpler it is, the better. Um, of course, there are chemicals and biochemistry and, and chemistry and in industry has evolved for a reason. It allows us to have so many different, um, uh, you know, products and is beneficial in so many ways. So you just got to have a good something that you're happy with, that, you're, that you feel pretty good with, that you're authentic with it. That, like, I'm cool with this plan. Right. And so for me, it was like, OK, I don't want to definitely buy anything that has fragrance on it because I have no clue what's in it. Literally, I don't know what it is. Um, so I'm, I could be putting stuff that is, you know, that is, that is going to hurt my body, decrease the energy, increase inflammation, you know, all of that. So I definitely did that. And that was a great opportunity. And then, you know, when I try, and then, you know, I think like, okay, everybody loves like this information. And I go test it with patients and a lot of them actually don't want to hear it right? A lot of them don't want to hear it. Um, a lot of colleagues don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it sometimes, right? But it's impacting my health. So I need to kind of look into it. If I want to have like high performance energy, if I want to uh, have energy to play with my family, to 
to to to to and, and decrease the chances of I'm putting something that's gonna hurt me in the end. Um, so definitely, I, I started kind of looking into that, and also part of the plan um, was to really uh, start looking more into and how this would affect um, health. And so I think that's when the integrative um, medicine fellowship came into place and it helped me and it continues to help me uh, in how to discern through all of this and really put it in a way that can actually help patients take decisions that they're happy with about their health. And um, one of the things that um, conflicts are is actually when, when you start putting implementing this into the patients, some of the biggest conflicts is really um, making aware, making people aware of this, right? And because it's in everywhere, in foods, in cleaning supplies, in, in, in uh, self-care supplies. Uh, so it would just, it takes a lot of uh, effort to actually go into your house and take out all this stuff, right? Um, but, it's, but, but, but it's almost like taking uh, micro doses of toxins away consistently out of your out of your your presence and out of your family's uh, way, and so you know you would think that it was something important. Also, you know a lot of the chemicals have been uh, linked to a specific disease, right? And so um, I came across the work of Dr. Pizzorno through the uh, AIHM, and uh, the, if you're interested into learning more about this, this is definitely one of the most amazing. Uh, works on this. This man has worked on this year after year after year. Uh, he's at a Columbia University and he's um, written many books on it. Uh, and it's just amazing his wealth of knowledge. And, 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 you know, listening to him is amazing because in the studies that they show, it's actually like 10, 20, 30 percent uh, that environmental toxins have a direct effect on a lot of disease states. So, is like 20 or 30% that it has an increase of diabetes. It's like 10 or 20 or 30% that it has an increase on depression, anxiety, schizophrenia. Like you keep naming disease after disease after disease, and it's almost hard to believe because it's almost like an elephant in the room that is nobody wants to talk about it, but it's hard to talk about it because you just don't know. You know, you don't know what's in this stuff. And so, so he really breaks it down. And with his research, he's actually pinpointing down exactly how much percentage environmental toxins has to a different disease. So, you know, you could be putting stuff and cleaning stuff with that you're actually giving yourself more chances of getting type 2 diabetes, giving yourself more chances of getting depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, uh, ADHD. And so... I would definitely want to know that information, right? And so, yeah, Dr. Pizzorno, great, uh, great, uh, great resource. And I think, you know, I was listening uh, to an NPR uh, radio the other day where they were talking about the epidemic of this that is in Detroit. And so, you know, you think, you know, for me, you know, I think that, that oh, okay, you know, a lot of times I thought about this, like, oh, this is just information, whatever, like, it's just nerdy people. And like, health nerds that just kind of go a little too crazy on that side. But then you start looking at it and it's like, oh, like this is a problem. Like this is hurting my kids. Like this is making increasing the chance for disease. And take, for instance, in um, Detroit, 
They surveyed the water and 70% of the kids have higher levels of lead in public schools in Detroit than they should. So that's like mind blowing because lead is associated with ADHD, high levels of lead associated with like, men, like mental and cognitive decline and so many things. And you can keep going and going and going and going and going of how much this is impacting the health of those kids. And so they're not concentrating. They're, you know, taking poor decisions. I mean, all these things. And so, and there's like poison, right? And so then, so now then, now that you know that, you find yourself. It's like I always say, you find a solution. Anytime you find a solution, you just bought yourself a new problem, right? So, you know, once you learn this information for the city of Detroit, they were like, wow, this is a huge elephant in the room that we need to like address now because it's hurting our kids. So how do you go about replacing all the pipes, all the system, the water systems in every school, in all the schools of Detroit? I mean, it's an elephant. So that's why I think environmental medicine is so important. I think first, because it makes us look back and realize like what we have now, the infrastructure that we have right now has to be assessed to make sure that it's safe for us and make sure that it's not causing unnecessary suffering for our families and our communities. And the second thing is that it's going to allow us to look in the mirror and say, okay, what type of building do I want to build? What type of product do I want to create? What type of cleaning supply do I want to create? What type of stuff do I want to use, right? So that we can start forging the future in a future in which we are actually not hurt by the things that we're using, right? And so I think that that's really important. And I think... Um, to this day now, after hearing all of this, definitely I've incorporated that into our projects, uh, incorporated that into my own life, incorporated in a way that is continuously learning. I'm continuously learning about it. Um, and it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to find ways of how we're going to be able to measure this and, and, and see the impacts. It's kind of like Dr. Pizorno's work. Um, that if we work in a community, improving the water or, or, or changing different things about the things they consume and, and the food source, uh, definitely uh, that would help, you know, forge a future in which we are safer. Um, one of the latest things that I read that made that they just kind of clicked in my mind as I'm talking about food supply is that, you know, here being in Hawaii in the farm, it's made me really think about like where the food comes from. Like when we're processing our coffee and, you know, what am I putting on the fertilizer? What am I putting on the stuff that kills the bugs around the coffee so they don't eat the coffee? What am I putting so that it doesn't go bad before we take it to be processed? What am I putting uh, after that? And so what is the package made of? Like all these little different steps, um, you know, people don't like maliciously think I'm going to put something in there that hurts people. It's not like that. It's like you realize that like, wow, like it's hard to package. It's hard to make these products. It's hard to actually make it safe, but it's worth it, right? And so I think that's one of the biggest transformations. And also that I am a lot more mindful as to uh, realizing that this is affecting our patients. It is affecting populations. I mean, if you see 10 patients with depression, two of them are being affected by this, right? 10 patients with, with anxiety, um, schizophrenia, they're being affected by this. So we definitely, as, as healthcare practitioners or as anybody who's in the business of health, definitely needs to take a look at this, right? Um, 
And so one of the things that made me thought about that, about the farm and the fruits and everything is that uh, there's this organization called EGW, I think it's EGW, and they came up with this list called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. And that breaks down fruits and vegetables that are clean. Uh, with uh, they, test, they say, for instance, like they test 100 apples from different sources, right? And they come up with like, okay, these uh, apples, actually 80% of them have this toxin, right? And so when you look at those two lists, it's great because you're able to like, wow, like foods that I thought they were safe, yes, like 80% of them have like this toxin. So it's insane, right? And so where are you getting this food from, right? And so it's made you think a lot about that. And now I'm really looking forward to sharing this information with my patients so that they can feel empowered because they can vote with their dollars and they can go buy stuff that is healthy for them and that's not going to hurt their families. And they can buy fruits that are, come from a, a, a place that is safe and uh, the same with the vegetables and everything. And I can also get involved with the hospitals and the cities as to transforming this into more healthy and um, ingredients and infrastructure that actually sustain and improves our health, right? And so that was the time. It was Zulu time. This is the end of podcast number four. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, suggestions for episodes, let us know. This is a conversation for everybody so that we all get involved and that we all make an impact in ourselves, in our families, in our communities, and thrive on. Have an outstanding Sunday. Take it easy.